Well, I've been thinking a lot about 2013, as you are as well, thinking about some of the skills I wish I had in 2012. Got to find some new skills. I feel it my pastoral duty to share with you some new skills for the new year. I found a book called How to Survive Anything, Anywhere. Have you seen this book? A handbook to survive, of survival skills for every scenario and environment. And you might not think that you need this coming skill, what I'm about to share with you, but you just never know. It is how to be prepared for an anaconda attack. You ready for this? You might want to take notes. Number one, if you're attacked by an anaconda, do not run. The snake is faster than you. That's good. Number two, lie flat on the ground. Number three, put your arms tight at your sides and your legs tight against one another. Number four, the snake will begin to climb over your body. My favorite, number five, do not panic. (laughs) Number six, the snake will begin to swallow you from the feet. Ooh, that's not good. (laughs) Number seven, step six will take a long time. Thank you for steps. I appreciate that, number seven. Number eight, after a while, slowly and with as little movement as possible, reach down and take your knife and very gently slide it into the snake's mouth Then suddenly cut off the snake's head. Number nine, be sure your knife is sharp. And number 10, very important, be sure you have your knife. (laughs) Well, we laugh, but we've tried to wrestle some giant anacondas in our lives. They've came out, come out of nowhere, some surprises, and we found ourselves in circumstances this past year that we never would have dreamed of. Some have brought us here to celebrate today. We're so thankful for what has happened, surprises that have come out of nowhere. And then there have been those surprises that have knocked the wind out of us, taken the wind out of our sails, knocked us off our feet And we're here looking for some hope for 2013 because we need some new skills. We need to be asking the right questions. We need to be doing the right evaluation, and we don't want to do it alone. We know that God has a very important role to play in all of this. And so at the top of a new year, we want to ask the right questions, don't we? We want to know exactly where we're going, where we're headed, what we're supposed to be doing. So we come to this place today. And I come to this place today with you looking for answers, looking for more than just survival skills. I want to thrive. I want 2013 to be like un- unlike any year I've ever experienced. And so today I'm going to share with you two questions for a new year. We're going to look at a passage from Ephesians to get some hope and some answers. So you picked the right place to be at church on Sunday morning. I'm glad you're here. Well, as an illustration for today, I brought this bucket, and don't worry, there's no list attached to this bucket, see, nothing in this, just an average, ordinary bucket, your bucket list message can be for another week. But today, I want us to, uh, to get familiar with this bucket, you're going to be overwhelmed, perhaps, and utterly amazed by the scientific expressions that I will share with you, and dictionary definitions of bucket. This is a bucket, everybody say bucket, this is a well done. So you've got so far, you're paying attention so far in this message. I'm glad Paul left a little bit left in you. Okay, so we've got a little bit left to participate. Well, I know a couple of things about buckets in our conversation today about questions of the new year. You might not think they apply, but it does. The first thing is that I know a bucket has a purpose. 
I know that buckets come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I know that there are buckets for, uh, for watering flowers. I use this bucket to wash my car sometimes. I use it to, uh, to put weeds in after I've pulled some weeds around the yard. Sometimes uh, it's an ice bucket, never in the same day, but you know we always wash it out. Don't worry if you come over. But uh, this is a, just an average, ordinary bucket. Well, regardless of the bucket, every bucket shares something in common. That's des- that's, that is simply that buckets are designed to hold stuff. So you got this. What is this? And buckets are designed to do what? You, this is brilliant right here. And you came to church. Aren't you so glad? So this is a bucket, and it's designed to hold stuff. Well, I know something else about buckets, and that is is that if something stays in this bucket for too long, it gets gross. If it's rainwater that's collected, you know that bucket that you have out back that you kind of forgot about, and it rained and a couple of weeks after a nice summer rain, uh, you, you want, oh, I'm going to use that bucket to maybe water my grass or some flowers, and what happens? No, there's Mosquitoville all of a sudden in that bucket because the water stayed there too long. Trash, weeds, whatever it might be, anything that stays in a bucket too long, it goes bad, it gets gross. Everything that lands in a bucket is designed to be somewhat of a temporary resident. So what is this? And it's designed to do what? That's right. So it's designed to hold stuff, but it's not designed to hold stuff forever. It's only designed to hold it for a little while because if stuff stays in the bucket for too long, it goes bad. Everything in in a bucket is really just a temporary resident because if it stays in the bucket too long, it's missing the point of of full bucketness. It's just not a bucket. It has to come into the bucket and then leave. Okay, I've made my point. But Paul talks about this. Not Paul Secord, but Paul in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul talks about buckets, and he compares our lives to a bucket. And he does it over and over again in different passages of Scripture. But in Ephesians, he talks about our lives, and he describes us as a bucket of sorts, of filling and of pouring ourselves out, of filling and pouring. And just like this bucket, our lives are designed for those two functions, to be filled and to pour out. But what is filled in is never designed to stay there permanently. It's always designed to be poured out. And so that's what he talks about here in Ephesians 2. And and as we go through this, I'm going to give you two questions for our new year. So Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that in Christ, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established, remember those two words, rooted and established, in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So Paul's talking to an early church, and he's telling them, you want to know the secret to a new year. Certainly, he's talking about a life in Christ altogether. He says it's got to begin with with a filling. And if you want to be, as it says here, rooted and established, that's our goal. You know, Paul talks a lot, and the Gospels talk a lot about how if we're not rooted and established, if, if, when the winds come, it will knock us down. It will be tossed like the waves of the sea. And so there's this sentiment of we want to have our roots deep in the ground. 
so that when life throws life at us, we're not knocked over. That we have answers, we have hope, we know where to go. That's the story, that's the promise of faith in Christ. And Paul gets that, and so he says you've got to be rooted and established in love. You've got to be rooted and established in Christ. And then what will happen? That you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. So the first question this morning is what's filling your bucket? And this is your spiritual growth gut check. See, we're thinking about growth opportunities. We're thinking about what's next. What's going to take us to the next level in our faith? If, if maybe you came to church for the first time in a long time on Christmas Eve, and you're back here because something spoke to you, something inspired you, or, uh, or whatever it might have been. Maybe you've been tracking a little bit with us in the, in the fall, and here you are, and you're looking. I'm ready for 2013. You're looking for some growth opportunities. But it's bigger than just a class. See, taking a class doesn't make a mature believer. Taking a class makes a smart believer. But what we're looking for and what Paul is, is challenging us toward is maturity. And so it's a bigger question than just what class do I need to take. It's an evaluation of what's in your bucket. Is what's going on in your bucket, is it healthy or is it toxic? Are the relationships leading you closer to God or further away from God? Is what's in your bucket keeping you in neutral or stretching you spiritually? Does something need to be removed in order to make room for something new? Because every bucket also has this in common. It only has a certain amount of volume. It can only handle but so much, right? And our lives are so complex and so busy, and we just have a way of thinking, well, I can just add more on it. Maybe my bucket will grow, right? That's what I was hoping. I thought this, hoped this was going to be a message about how to make a b- bigger bucket. But no, we've all been given a bucket, one life, And sometimes that means saying no to some things and saying yes to others. So you have to evaluate what needs to maybe be removed from the bucket so that you can make space for what's to come, for those spiritual growth opportunities. You know, and speaking just of opportunities here at the church, you know, we're on the cusp of a new season. Next Sunday, a new series at A2 starts. We've got six new classes Classes for for individuals who have questions about God and faith. Does God really exist? All the way to about how church works and uh, denominations and non-denominations. Questions about the gospel. It's a a class for on on devotional material. All kinds of things. Questions or classes on on the parables of Jesus. And so as you as you walked in or maybe as you walk out, you're going to get a card that's going to give you some opportunities. And I challenge you as you go through this week as you look in the new year, really sit down and think, I wonder what, what is going to help me get from where I am to where I need to go. Because last year's me isn't gonna be enough for next year. I've gotta find something new. So you've got, you know, the women's ministry opportunities. I'm teaching a new series starting um, this, this coming Wednesday called By Faith at Midweek. Midweek's an experience for people of all ages and it's a great opportunity to, right in the middle of your week, to come and worship, and we meet in the bistro, and I'm just going to be walking through some very practical things about faith. How does it work? Is it just some sort of formula to get what you want from God? How does it apply to my finances? How does it apply to my relationships? Is it bigger than Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights? It's going to be great. That could be an opportunity for you. It could be a next step for you. Our relationship series, series launches next Sunday. For some of you, your, your marriages and uh, your dating relationships and your work relationships and your family relationships are just uh, on the rocks, to say the least. 
And maybe you need to commit to the next eight weeks of coming to church just to hear what God might have to say to you. But you've got to start by asking the question, what's filling your bucket? But I taught you something very deep and profound about buckets. Not only is this a bucket, not only does it hold stuff, but stuff can't stay here forever if it's really going to be a bucket. So Paul starts in Ephesians 3 by saying you've got to fill your bucket. You've got to know what's going on in your bucket. But he takes you through a passage where he says there's more to just filling your bucket to life in Christ. than There's so much more to it. And so he goes from this beautiful passage where he says, I want you to know how big God's love is and I want you to be filled with it. But now you have to go and you have to be amongst the body. You have to be a part of the body. You have to play a role. You've got to use your gifts and you've got to use your bucket, what God has given you for the sake of those around you. And then he goes on to say it's important that you become like children of the light. You know, people that, are, that operate as children of the light, they live differently. But it's not just about doing right things. It's about, you know what, There's behavior, there, are be, there are behaviors and practices and things that the, the 2012 has been about that are just broken. And i got to move away from some of that stuff. But that can't happen unless you have been filled with the measure of all fullness of God that comes from Jesus Christ. So he goes from the body to, to be like children of the light, and then he says this. This is what it's all about in chapter 5, verse 1. He says, be imitators of God, therefore. Therefore is a response to everything that just happened in Scripture. Whenever you see therefore, it means something has already happened, and this is why it applies. So be imitators of, imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. This is what Jesus did. You see it over and over in the scriptures where he was filled by the Spirit, filled by the Father, and then what did he do? He poured himself out uh, for the sake of those around him, for his disciples, for those who were in need of healing, for those who were, were, were dead and he brought to life. He poured himself out, and then once again the Holy Spirit, the Father, filled him up to the point of the ultimate sacrifice where he gave his life for us. Here's the reality. We're called to live like that. We're called to, to echo that sentiment, to give what we have been given. And each of you have something to give. You know, I imagine, I, I get this a lot when people come to Spring Branch. They, they see the, some of the talent on stage. They see and hear voices like Paul, and they think, my goodness, <laughs> what do I have to give? You know, is that, I mean, I, I, I can never do that. And so people remain stuck in their seats and they miss the beauty of what happens when you, whatever God has gifted you to do, comes alive here in the midst of this community. Accountants and administrators and artists and bankers and lawyers and everywhere in between and cashiers and students and missionaries and pastors, when we use what God has given us for the sake of this body, for the sake of the kingdom, something happens. Something amazing happens. And so this is the second question. Who needs what's in your bucket more than you? Because this is your 2013 bucket challenge. Who needs your gifts, your heart, your passions, your abilities, your, uh, your personality, your experiences, the good, the bad, 
the everywhere in between, somehow all of those God wants to use for the sake of someone else. And so for a bucket to be a bucket, it's got to be filled. But for it to really fulfill its purpose as a bucket, something has to leave this bucket. It has to be poured out. And every time you look at a bucket, this year I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about what's filling your bucket. I want you to think about then what God has given you everywhere in between and how you're going to leverage that for the sake of someone around you. Two questions. So when I think about 2012, here's some things that I'll remember that, uh, that have been very important to me. I mean, I'll remember celebrating 16 years of marriage with Perrin. I'll remember Father's Day and praying with my son to receive Christ into his life. I'll remember running a, a race with my four-year-old Zoe down at the oceanfront where she taught me to run my own race. Not anybody else's. I remember the baptism down at the oceanfront where we saw you know, nearly 100 people make a public profession of faith. And, and I'll remember this Christmas Eve story. It just really was, was so personal and uh, just so special for me. You know, I'll remember all those things. And there have also been losses. And there have been setbacks. And there have been doubts. But I know somehow through this story of, uh, of what Paul shares here in Ephesians, that somehow all of those stories are a part of my story and they're to be leveraged for the sake of someone else. And so I don't know what you'll remember about 2012, whether it was something to celebrate or your heart is heavy. I pray that as you look to 2013 that you'll remember that your life is like a bucket. And your life, just like this bucket, was designed to be filled by nothing other than the love and hope and grace and compassion of Jesus Christ. But I hope that you'll remember that in order for your life to really, to really just capture the passion and fullness that God intended, you then have to pour your life out for the sake of someone else. That's how buckets work. That's how people work. That's how God works. So what's filling your bucket? Who needs what's in your bucket more than you? Two questions for a new year. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, our lives are everywhere in between. We feel full, we feel empty, and sometimes all, all at the same time. But Lord, I pray for every person in this room who came here with a question to answer or hope for 2013. I pray that you would inspire them. I pray that you would convict them. I pray that you would meet them right where they are in the midst of their questions and their doubts and that you would fill them with your presence and your spirit. Lord, there are people in this room today that just need to feel your presence, your loving arms wrapped around them. They feel so lost and so forgotten. And would you do that, Holy Spirit? right now. Father, I pray as we leave this place, would we never be the same? Would we take this sentiment and challenge, evaluate our lives, and would we just invite you, God, to fill us perhaps for the first time or maybe once again? God, we pray these things in the name of Jesus.